because I definitely at some point want to just put a paper towel roll on my dick, like, and then like come around like the Airbnb corner with the woman I'm with and be like, hey, baby, have you seen the paper towels? Seen the paper towels? I'm not sure I've located them yet, yet, babe. You seen the paper towels anywhere? Hands on my hips. Gosh, I've looked uh, everywhere. <laughs> and welcome to a live show. My name is Jack. I am the host. Uh, and I'm not really uh, the author of anything today because uh, it's a live show. As you can hear, I'm a little disoriented. I'm a little out of things. Um, I'm just going to be real, real with you. I plan on having an amazing show tonight. I hope you are too. Uh, I feel like I'm in a really good place. I imagine you're not. I hope that you are. So I'm just going to I'm just going to like lay things out uh, why I'm a little bit disoriented and where where I am and how strange it feels to be feeling really good right now. Um because I do, I do. I think it's it's just such a strange... I have to keep acknowledging over and over. It's like, well, this, this is probably a weird time to be uh, feeling pretty good. Um, one thing that tells me that is that literally all of my walls of social media, none of my DMs, but all of my walls, is just filled with women going like, men need to acknowledge this! And uh, I kind of feel like that generally doesn't happen when everybody is in a good... <laughs> is in a good mood when people talk about what men have to face and acknowledge or like what what people have to uh say is going on in front of them that's a pretty high stakes thing so uh if you're if you're a woman and you're feeling a little frustrated or scared or anxious right now all i want to say is i totally understand where you're coming from uh i have a lot of empathy for you uh, you're being told to, to keep it to yourself or quiet down, probably, and that's really unfair. Uh, and I just, I kind of want to talk about it. It's bad stuff going on. I promise it's going to be a good vibe show. And I process shit with humor. So if you're coming back, especially from last week where I made jokes about the English uh, victim, Sarah whose name begins with an H, and I can never seem to get it right. You kind of, you, you probably know who I am and all that, but I I also appreciate that I, I probably, nobody said anything. Nobody said anything. Um, like I said, my inbox has been a jubilee in 2021. It's all just, I appreciate you. Here's a fantasy for you. Here's what you asked for. I love you. Uh, so nobody said anything. Nobody said a bad thing, but I feel like I must have crossed the line. Not from a reaction or anything, but just how the mood was in general the week after I made that joke and the week after, it, it, the week since, essentially. So I apologize for anybody I, I got between the ribs on that one. Humor is how I process shit. Um, good or bad, I try and make a joke out of it because making jokes out of things is fun for me. And learning is uncomfortable. And so uh, when I'm having trouble processing or learning, I like to make jokes. I like to make a little game out of it. Uh, so thank you for giving me that that space and that grace. I, I really do appreciate that. So now on to now on to the, all the horrible shit that's going on that women uh, in my life and all around me are feeling, uh, and let's make it fun. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
So, here's something you should know about me. This was my word-for-word hot take when, when the news of Atlanta started coming out. I looked over at my cat, and I said, ooh, this is more Elliot Rogers than Dylan Roof. And if you get what I just said there, what a sad fucking pair we make, huh? What a pathetic... Me, the speaker, and you, the listener, if I say that... Elliot Rogers, greater sign Dylan Roof, question mark to you, and you understand what I'm saying in the context of a news event? What horrible, what a horrible pair we make, right? Because aren't we fighting for a future where that kind of equation could never be mentioned again? So we are, what a horrible pair we are, but that is literally the words that came out of my mouth. So I promise it's not an act where I'm like, ooh-hoo-hoo, I can say anything I want because I'm a comedian. Uh, This is how I make sense of shit. Uh, It's how I process it immediately. Pretty dark fucking line. But also, I, you know, I was high, so I laughed. Um, And the reason why I'm sticking with the whole... I don't want to... Especially if you're an Asian woman. I Listen, if, if a lot of guys are not acknowledging that this is about women or Asians or whatever, and I don't want to get into any of that. Your experience, what you think it is, I don't want to fight any of that. But I do, as a man, you know, I'm seeing a lot of women going, why, are, why, why do men do this? Why do men think this? Why are men this way? Well, I, I have perhaps some insights on that one from things that I've heard from men over the course of, oh, I don't know my life. Um, and the reason why I looked at this and I saw entitlement and the reason why I decided, you know, I really, I really, you know, everybody's talking about this shit, but I, I kind of want to dig in and talk about it too. Um, it's because women's pain isn't acknowledged. So to get back on track, let's just real quick talk about a real minor blip event that you may not have heard about in France where a teacher got killed. Did you hear about this? This is a couple of months back, and it wasn't that big of an event. A teacher got killed in France by one of their students. I bet you can put together why that made international news when one person killed one person. What, what do you know about the killer immediately if it makes international news if... <laughs> If it's, a, if it's a young person that kills somebody else in a Western country. What do you immediately know about that killer? If you see that headline. I know you know this if you're my fan base. I know you know. I'm just waiting to see it. Just do-do. This is sad Jeopardy. So, like, what's Jeopardy with, like, hurdy-gurdy, hurdy-gurdy, uh, like, organ music? What's, what's that? What's that? That's Jeopardy. That's like... That's the Jeopardy music, except with a hurdy-gurdy. Nobody knows what the fuck I just did there. I'm just waiting. <laughs> no? Nothing? All right. Well, we'll go with non-white. Uh, the answer will always be, and you can apply this going forward. This is a great rule of thumb. If, if it's in a country, right, and it's a one murder, that's always going to be a Muslim. Sometimes might be transgendered, but pretty much almost always going to be a Muslim. If it's if we're talking about one person killing one person, or one person wanting to kill one person, or or one person's plan, or what they did, guarantee you, always gonna it's always gonna be a Muslim. It's never gonna be like this guy planned on killing this guy in Denmark. 
because he hated them, and they were both farmers living next to each other. You're never going to read that story in the international paper. I've been reading for decades now, and it's just not there. But I promise you, if a 14-year-old, like, builds a clock that people think are suspicious, and his name is fucking Ahmed, you will fucking have plenty of goddamn fucking... You will have so many sources... Oh my god, there might be a news van, a satellite feed, they might invent a camera drone to get there faster. Are our children in danger? We fly this helicopter over our school to keep a track spotlight on this one asshole. (laughs) So, in France... Now, this is a grisly, grisly detail, I admit you, but grisly murders happen all the time. You're listening to podcasts, so uh, you know that. You hit the true crime button on occasion. You know how often fucking crazy. Have you even seen uh, that uh, that show uh, with the with the with the guy and the uh, Dirty John? Uh, that happened. So fuck fucking one on one crazy murders happen all the time, baby. All right, don't even don't even question that shit. Um, but he beheaded the fifteen year old beheaded his teacher, <laughs> which again, admittedly, pretty 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 big detail. I'll admit, I'm being a little cheeky with this one. And that's scary. Nobody wants to be beheaded. Nobody especially wants to be beheaded by a 15-year-old, because you know you're not even going to hear cool last words or anything. Like, you're not even going to hear, like, a prayer, or, like, you know, or, like, something really cool. You're not going to hear, like, do you wonder if God stays in heaven? Like, you're not going to hear anything like that from a 15-year-old. Uh, I just recently rewatched uh, the Hunt for the Wilder People, and so like kind of a, a kind of a Ricky from the Wilder People is in my head right now with a machete. Like, oh hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking take his head off, honey. Fucking on, dude. Take his fucking head off, with fucking all right. Hey, oh yeah, blaspheme, blasphemer, blaspheming. Take your fucking head off. Uh, like a like a fifteen year old like. You know that they're going to do, like, a dab with the blood-soaked machete that they just took from your neck and shit. They're just going to be like, oh, and, like, take the selfie and shit. You know? It's just a bad, it's just a bad fucking way to go if a 15-year-old boy kills you. A 15-year-old girl killing you, that's dope. Like, for one, you probably did something, or else she's going to be a crazy serial killer. Like, a 15-year-old girl killing you, that's great. Like, you won't see it coming either, because you'll just be all, like, you're just sitting at your desk, and all of a sudden you're like, why does everything itchy? Why is... Uh, anaphylactic! Anaphylactic! <laughs> like, that's how a 15-year-old girl kills you. <laughs> what? What do you mean she found out about grapefruit extract-stopping pills and then slowly gave him grapefruit extract over the course of weeks so that all of the medication in his stomach would kick in at once and he died of poison at the school assembly and she timed all that out because she's an AP student? Holy shit! Ah, fuck, that's dope! Oh, we gotta gotta get her some therapy because she has a bright, bright future in either politics or pharmaceutology. God damn it. Getting killed by a 15-year-old girl. I don't know if you've seen season one of Luther, but uh, if not, that show's dope, and it kind of touches in on this shit, and it's like, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, now we're talking, now that's some true crime shit. Getting killed by a 15-year-old boy, that's just like, his testosterone hit his scrotum the right way that day, so your his skateboard deck is going to hit the back of your skull. That's all that that is. No fucking Valhalla for you, buddy.
<sighs> so, admittedly, getting killed by a 15-year-old by beheading uh, for a religious citation is scary. But this happened in the middle of fucking COVID. And therefore, for me, it was a real quick IQ test. I don't particularly like saying that, but on this one, it really was. If you were afraid of a 15-year-old taking an oversized Iron Age fucking paper cutter and taking your noggin off in the middle of COVID, you failed my IQ test. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't particularly like saying that, but come on, man. This is some real, I don't, there's a pile of marshmallows on one plate, there's one marshmallow on the other, you chose the plate with one marshmallow, when the goal was get the most marshmallows with the least amount of actions, and I don't know what to fucking make of it. You're saying that you did it on purpose, but how can I tell the difference? You're saying you're just trolling me, but the action is what speaks at the, I mean, it was a test, it was a measurement. You saying that you purposely did the wrong measurement doesn't really fucking help me. Uh, and, and so for a couple of days, there's like, well, I get to quickly sort these people out of my news feed. Anybody who's talking about this shit in the middle of COVID, I don't ever have to hear anything you ever going to say again. Blockity, 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 block. Uh, and it, that, that was pretty nice. Um, boy, there was a lot of men that wouldn't stop screaming about that. There's a lot of things in the last year that men haven't stopped screaming about in the middle of COVID. Uh, ammunition prices and scarcity in America. A lot of guys, instead of going to counseling or feelings, go into the woods with a fucking gun and try and shoot their feelings away. And here's the crazy, most horrible thing about it. Most of them think they're successful. Isn't that fucking terrifying? I want you to imagine a guy who hasn't gotten his hobby jollies off in any other way, but repeatedly thinks that taking a gun into the woods is successful in ways that, like, fishing and, like, and, like, climbing and, like, careers aren't. I just, and, like, there's tons of groups where, like, lots of guys are like, yeah, isn't it great? I I feel so much better now that I do this once, twice, three times a week. Ah, what the fuck is going on in America? So, like, I'm trying to just say, like, men will never stop screaming about the things that they're afraid of. Men will... Never stop screaming about the things that they're afraid of or pretending to be afraid of. And whenever a woman says, I'm scared, men challenge it. And I'm sorry. I really, really am. If you're going through this week frustrated and anxious and all the rest, I just, I want to say, I see you. I hear you. I'm sorry that you're trying to talk about it if you're one of the people trying to have the conversations that you're getting shouted down. Boy, do I happen to know what that feels like for 15 months in a row on a different subject right now. Um, and and everything that you're feeling... See, look, I just mansplained my own feelings right there. <laughs> I'll try to relate to you. Um, everything you're feeling is valid. The anger, the fear, the frustration, the anxiety. You keep being told that it's not by men who are scared of smaller things that are less significant, much less meaningful, and much less likely. You're collectively being gaslit this week, and I'm sorry. And that brings us back to why I thought Elliot Rogers. Here's a kind of funny thing about that guy that didn't really pop up a lot, I felt like, in the coverage. It mostly became about the manifesto and his video and shit. 
you know, he had a horrible soul, but a lot of things that you do in video news these days just involve uh, a face with no audio in the background. And he had a pretty cute face. I know that's probably going to make some people vomit. I'm sorry. But, like, he had a photogenic face. And so it became about his muted face in the background of news stories from the video that he took in the car talking because he was emoting. And it was photogenic enough. So it played. And it got views and clicks and shit. And that's what the story came about in a large way. Him and his manifesto. Uh, that's my perception, at least. But the actual crime is... This dude wanted to go to Sorority Row because, of course, as a, as a young guy himself, he had totally logically and rationally concluded that the greatest, biggest uh, danger in the world was women who were having sex with men other than him. And the women who were the greatest danger to American society happened to be 18 through 22-year-old girls who were at the same campus as him and around – or not – were at a campus around him. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? What are the odds? What are the odds? The biggest threat to fucking Western civilization is the women who won't sleep with you and you're around the most and you want to have sex with the most. That's crazy. What are the fucking odds? I think I think it was the great Samuel Clemens who who talked about how isn't it funny how the most prejudiced people have gods who agree with all of their prejudices? Isn't that funny? The most prejudiced sons of bitches have worship a Christian god who has all the same biases that that's so weird, isn't it? Samuel Clemens observed, I believe it was Samuel Clemens observed. Oh, you don't like black people and God doesn't either? Wow! I gotta say, that's real interesting, huh? Ha 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 ha! That works out for everybody, doesn't it? I mean, obviously not for... Oh, you don't... Okay, we don't need to follow that joke down that rabbit hole any further. Okay, so... (laughs) So, Elliot Rogers, uh, probably one of the smarter of these dumb shits. These guys are not smart, right? I think we can all agree. These are not the the sharpest knives in the drawer. But of them, he seemed the most educated, informed, like he actually read something beyond a pamphlet every once in a while uh, of all of them. Like he actually tried to write a manifesto and shit. Uh, It was nonsense. (laughs) It was no Unabomber. Uh, Coming from an aficionado of uh, crazy, crazy scrawlings that I've scribed through for knowledge, I have to say it's it's on the lesser end. Uh, <laughs> and oh boy, I can just feel the subscriber count going down on this one. But you know what? Gotta have a good time at the end of the world. I really did give his manifesto like a like a three. The Elliot Rogers at the end. It's it's not the guy who shot Kathy Giffords in Arizona. If you ever tried to read that, that's the that's definitely the pace setter for a one. Oh, that guy was so fucking crazy. That guy, that guy's words are what a ketamine overdose feels like. Reading the language that he wrote is what a ketamine overdose feels like. It's it's just pure insanity gibberish. It's so crazy. It's it's like Susian at some point, except he's using math terms, and it's like, ha <laughs> ha It's total. Nobody even knows what I'm talking about with that motherfucker, but man, I... 
Oh, I tried to read some of that, and I felt myself going... I was like, this is this is Lovecraftian. You're actually going to summon a fucking demon if you keep going. Stop. Boy, am I ranty tonight. <laughs> Elliot Rogers! We're gonna have fun. So he went to Sorority Row, and he was the smartest one. He determined that 18 through 22-year-old women that he couldn't have sex with, they were the biggest threat to society, and he was gonna stop them. He was going to show him who was boss, and that was men, and he was going to restore order. Jordan Peterson was taking notes. The way that he decided to do this was just to try and shoot up a bunch of fucking sorority houses. This is his plan after his manifesto. And this was not brought up. It, it, they made it sound like he went after an ex-girlfriend or something. They made him sound like that one gym shooter in L.A. Uh, a few years prior to Elliot Rogers. This was not that. This was not that. This was him wanting to and not really having the capacity or not really understanding because he was truly, truly like caught in some psychotic vision where like he's the hero of a story, so he's going to be successful, I guess. But this was a guy who was going to go and shoot up as many women, sorority girls, as possible on sorority row. He's going to wave for a night that they're going to be out, and he's going to go, and he was going to just enter into this kind of crazy war zone combat, a one-man army against them. And that is what I can't stop seeing about Atlanta, and that's what I want to get across from my humble view from what I've heard from men, and why I am no way trying to downplay, especially if you're an Asian woman. I absolutely think these women were slain because they were Asian women. Because they were Asian women. Okay? Just want to say that one more time. I don't think this guy would have had the stones to try and kill a bunch of Asian men. I don't. And I don't know if he would have gotten there if they were white women. No clue, but I don't think so, right? But what I see much more than either of that, I see entitlement. And why do I see entitlement more than hatred? Like the New Zealand mosque shooter or the, the, the Canadian insul van driver. That's hatred. Those guys were hate. Why do I see it? If he wanted to kill a bunch of young Asian women or a bunch of Asian women, why wouldn't he go to a Korean church when it was in session? Why wouldn't he... Again, these are not the sharpest knives in the drawer, and they all find... They all find... Target rich environments, I don't like using that word, but they all find as many of the people that they hate as possible. At once, so that they can do mass casualties. Elliot Rogers, Surrey Row, cancel, uh, Canadian insult driver, uh, just a crowd, women... Uh, he's going to steal towards uh, New Zealand mosque shooter mosque. But over and over again, by and large, they pick a crowd of the people they hate when it's hatred motivated. You don't have to be bright to figure out the plate of marshmallows. One marshmallow versus the plate. You don't actually have to be that bright to get there. So are you telling me he didn't? Or are you telling me that this guy went and had a plan to go to four, at least four specific locations that he had been to before, not just because he hated them, and not just because he was biased, and not just because he thought, I'm so great, and how dare they, but because 
what I immediately felt and what I see in this guy and what I think is so fucking scary about this guy that's in a lot of dudes is I, I get to look, I get to do what I want. I get to do what I want. I get to look at you. I get to say what I want. I get to do what I want. And if you don't acquiesce, then my resentment of you can turn dangerous. You don't want to see. You don't want to push me. You don't want to try me. You don't want to go down that route, honey. You don't know how bad it is and how good you would have it with me. And your slights, your rejections, your dismissal, one of these days someone's going to teach you something about that. I don't think that this guy was planning to drive for 12 hours to go to four different locations of which people that he had a personal resentment for because he hated them. He did absolutely see them as lesser people, as I have no doubt about it in my fucking mind. He did it because in his own mind, they were wrong and he was right. He was entitled to not just their bodies and not just a great time. He was entitled to their respect. He shouldn't have to pay for it, probably, in his own mind. He can't believe he's doing it. He can't believe they're making him pay when they should, yada, yada, yada. It's just dripping off this motherfucker. And, and I think you see a little residue on a lot of the guys out there who are saying justify why you feel scared walking at night. And that's causing a lot of hard feelings. I think that entitlement, that men, the sh I, I, I understand the sheriff was a shitty racist. There's no, he's a cop during, during the quote unquote Kung flu era. There's no, all right. But the cops entitled. We hate police because they're entitled. All right. Not that we, we, I mean, I know, okay, I'm sorry, after BLM, I shouldn't say why we, you're allowed to hate the police for however you want, especially if you're a fucking woman with a lot more melanin than me, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have stepped, you, you can hate the police for however the fuck you want, ladies, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that, but by and large, I think people, people understand the cop attitude, the cop walk, the, is all that, that they get no matter who they are when interacting with police sometimes, that that's entitlement. It's a I have authority. I, I get to do what I want. Ah. That's why the cop fucking identified with him. Said he had a bad day. Oh, who doesn't want to just shoot every motherfucker who just won't give you what you want? Thought the cop? <laughs> Going home to drink himself to watching Mad Max. Original fucking theatrical cut. <sighs> I just... I, I, I know it's scary and I know it's bad. I see men seeing what this guy did and then jumping on social media because they see just a reflection of themselves, just a little fraction of like 
you know, I approached a sex worker and they made me feel like shit, you know, or something like that. I don't even know. I don't know, really. I don't want to try and get into their heads. But I do see that the way that they're asking women to justify themselves this week, when women are just trying to talk about uh, and share their experiences, ugh, ugh, I see them being entitled. And you don't have to play that game. If you want to share and if you want to talk and if you want to educate men on the internet and spend your time doing so and you're not going to pull your hair out, by all means do it. Um, just just know that by and large, uh, these men will never, ever, 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 ever really listen to a woman's explanation for anything. As as perhaps the thing that's convinced me that I finally should write down a movie review book after all, my movie review for the movie Arrival is... Uh, did I say the word movie enough? My, re- my, my review for the movie Arrival is great science fiction, truly, truly amazing men in power listening to a woman who knows more. Yeah. That's, that's, that's some science fucking fiction shit. <laughs> We're sitting, ain't it? <laughs> Uh, so there's my, there's my talk about men being scared of everything. And one of the things they're scared of is that women are going to talk and have conversations, uh, around their back, uh, about men and about why men are not okay. And, uh, if you're one of those, if you saw it, I'm so sorry. That's it. That's the end. That's the end of that. Apologies and all the rest. Now on to much lighter and much better things. Thank you so much. I just I did want to get out that I want to take that a little bit slower. I didn't want to misstep. I didn't want to misspeak. Uh, I didn't want to use any words that uh, I thought might be wrong there. So now on to the fun. Like I said, it's going to be a great show. It's going to be a fun show. Okay. So here's why everyone's dying from COVID and it's going to get a thousand times worse. All right. Okay, let's talk about that real quick before we get into the rest. I know nobody nobody wants to talk about COVID anymore, which is exactly why I got to do it before I go insane and my head explodes. So, just 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 real quick here, I'm going to say this and I mean this sincerely. If you have kids, young kids, trigger warning. You may not want to listen to this. And then we'll put something after I'm done talking both in chat, and we'll put little timestamps on it uh, for the outbroadcast. Because I thought about this all day. Uh, I've been thinking about this kind of the last two days, really, if I should talk about this or not. And the reason why I kept saying I don't want to is I don't want to say anybody that has kids. I really don't. So trigger warning. If you have younger children, if you have if you have really if you have children under the age of eighteen, you definitely may not like what I have to say next. Uh, but I am gonna say it, uh, and I'm gonna preface this all with: there's no stopping what's coming, at least in America, uh, and that's why I'm saying it. Um, so here we go. Guys, I don't I don't know if you've ever looked up something called immunosuppressed because I sure as shit never have in my entire life. I know what it meant, immunosuppressed, 
but I never looked it up because you hear the words immunosuppressed, but you never, you know, it's one of those things. It's like washing your hands. You don't really fucking question it or why it works. You know, there's germs, you know, there's bad things. They're invisible. You put the soap on your hands. You know, learn until you study it later in life. So immunosuppressed. Do you know who who's immunosuppressed? Because the answer is probably not. And I, I say that because, well, if you read articles by, you know, little hippie, like, you know, little hippie health sites like Goop or uh, Mount Sinai or Beth Israel or the CDC, you know, little hippie dippy health sites, if you read little sites like that, one of the first things that they'll say at the, you know, for, for peer-reviewed medical journals, take your pick, what they'll all say at the very beginning is, medical science doesn't have a strict definition or agreement on who is immunocompromised or what it means. That's like the first fucking thing that they say right off the bat. And so the second thing is, if you ask the question, okay, how many people in a country are immunosuppressed? The answer is... <laughs> and so instead, it becomes like a list of conditions. Do you, ha do you, do you have an autoimmune disease? You're for sure immunosuppressed, obviously. But do you have an eating disorder? Then you probably do as well. What if you get three colds a year? Well... There's a lot of doctors out there that say that's all it takes to be qualified as immunosuppressed. What if you're constantly getting diarrhea and you can't explain it with diet? I mean, the list of things that put you on immunosuppressed or not, depending on who the fucking gatekeeper of that list is, is fantastic. And therefore, the answer for who is immunosuppressed or not is not understood. As far as I could tell as a layman, if somebody out there has an answer like, no, immunosuppressed is very clearly this, okay, give it to me. Give me that answer because I, I would love to – I actually would like to, to take this down a notch. I really would. I don't want to be hyperbolic. I just want to start off with that one little level of it's hard to tell who's immunosuppressed. But either way, right, immunosuppressed, immunocompromised, okay. Uh, but either way, what, whether you believe that there's a fur number or not, you believe that there's kind of a range or a firm number of, of who is or who isn't in a country. Just put in a pile that's a little bit confusing. You do find out by being sick. Either way, right? You find out that you are by being sick. And so for a period there, you are immunocompromised or suppressed, but you don't know it. Because you haven't gotten the diagnosis yet. Yeah? Okay. America has an exemplary large amount of kids who get little to no health care screening. Just a lot. The B117 slash UK variant that is bouncing around the world and is spreading through countries is now becoming the dominant strain in the U.S. We were told it was going to be back in January. It's now happening. 
The B117 strain in the UK is absolutely, at this point, as confirmed as you can get without official studies coming out and saying it, affecting minors and young people under 30s way more than other strains, than previous strains. And when you check somebody who's sick with B117 in their throat or nasal passages, you will often find thousands times more viral load in individual germs, if you would, individual viruses, virons, uh, than other strains. When the U.S. government back in January made the claim that B117 was going to be the dominant strain, nothing was known about it hitting younger people harder. Nothing was known about it hitting younger people harder. That's come out since. But now we have states like Michigan where one out of three people suffering from COVID and COVID-positive tests is now under 20. That's never remotely anywhere happened pretty much with any COVID in any country at any point in the world, even though there's a lot of countries that are way younger people than the U.S. and they've had upticks. It still kind of hasn't happened. But B117 is right now just kind of smashing its way through. The last thing, and this is a little bit complicated, if you're wondering where all these mutants are coming from, it's very confusing. I don't blame you. But there is an answer. There's the, you don't hear scientists confused about where the mutants are coming from, these, these variations, these, these new variants with COVID. That's because there's a convincing answer. And the answer is immunocompromised people. The belief is there's a consensus right now that COVID enters an otherwise pretty healthy person. It gets in them. And then they battle it, battle it, battle it. This isn't the person that gets sick and goes on a ventilator or an ECMO or anything like that. This is a person that walks around with COVID for weeks, months. And they're constantly in a tug of war. Their immune system is, is weakened, but it fights them. But then, you know, they can't quite wipe out the virus. The virus has progeny. The progeny, generally speaking, that become more through random mutation, ben uh, beneficial, well, they're better at fighting uh, the defenses, making copies of themselves, aren't they? So they're the ones who stick around. And then generation after generation after generation of this happens in the single immunocompromised person, and it basically turns a sick person with COVID into a walking fucking COVID dojo. Just straight up training the motherfuckers generation after generation after generation to dodge their T-cells to, to try and uh, make uh, through just pressure, the pressure of being hunted down by an immune system, uh, a better product. And if it succeeds, which it rarely does, there you go. And that's how B117 is anticipated to be made. It's pretty complicated, I know. But it's not like the movies say. It's not the real sick people lying on the ventilators in the hospitals that are, that are breathing out the toxic strain that's going to kill us all, like it's Outbreak, a Contagion, or any of those movies that we've all seen. That makes a lot of sense from an evolution series. The sickest people have the worst virus in them. Makes sense. Not true. Not with this, not with this virus. It's the, it's the people walking around, 
feeling like they got just a little bit of a head cold, or maybe they don't feel like they have anything at all, they're making the worst versions for the rest of us. America is about to send its kids back to school with a variant that is now spread all across our fucking country and is soon going to be over 50% of all of our cases, it looks like, unless another strain beats it out. It is incredibly V-load heavy, Viron load heavy, virus heavy, and in that it makes many, 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 many copies of itself. And it is slugging the shit out of children all across the world, not just America. We are seeing younger and younger, younger people uh, getting hit with more uh, significant disease. So because America has a bunch of kids, because America has a healthcare system that doesn't give a shit if you're a child or not, it's your fault your parents are poor, you stupid piece of shit. Why'd you get born to them? Uh, Because we have a school system that's number one determination on how far a student goes in life is how wealthy their neighbors are uh, and and cordons people off by the zip code. Uh, and because we have... <laughs> uh, made a decision that this is going to happen, nothing's going to stop it. Um, Republicans obviously want the schools open, so they're not going to fight it. Joe Biden said schools are going to be open my first hundred days, so he's not going to stop it. Democrats just uh, Democrats just had a big, big tussle with themselves intra-party. They didn't have any Republicans' support for the last big bill they passed. If you heard about the stimulus, the big bill, that was all Democrat support, basically. I, I mean entirely. Uh, and there was a big, big tussle over that, right? They had a lot of debates over that within their own fucking caucus. So there's no way they're going to back down on $130 billion, which they spent to open these schools. So there's no political will to not open these schools. So I'm just telling you right now, schools are going to open. B117s all around. We are actively watching in the U.S. and abroad. Younger and younger people get hit more severely with this disease. And I don't see any other outcome. And... For the last couple of days, I felt this way because it's like, once again, this is, once again, I just, the only way that I can describe it is, I have no mouth and I must scream. (laughs) I must steal that title from someone else. I don't know if you've heard it before, but that's exactly how it feels. I have no mouth and I must scream because I don't know what to tell you besides there's only one potential outcome. When you put these things together, I'm sorry, but there's only one possible outcome. There's no question mark. Well, somebody said death, sure. Yeah, absolutely, there will be death. No doubt about that. There's going to be way worse than fucking death. I'm sorry. Uh, When you put all these things together... You have a fourth wave. And, and, and I say that with, I think, frankly, we're in it. Quite, with, with the testing being down, I don't like saying. And this time it's going to hit kids. This time it's going to hit kids. <laughs> uh, and for whatever reason, this information's not making its way around. Um, 
So I just bring it to you before what happens happens. And if I'm wrong, I owe me a beer. That's my new, that's my new way of looking at COVID. Gosh, I hope I'm wrong. And if I'm wrong, when I'm wrong, when you prove me wrong, I owe me a beer. And boy, won't that be a tasty one too. Nice and frosty. I don't get to drink a lot of beers these days. So when you prove me wrong, I owe me a beer. And it'll be a great moment for both of us, won't it? So prove me wrong. But until then, I am as certain that we are now in or vastly approaching a fourth wave in America. I don't know if you know what Miss C is, M-I-S-C. I know it sounds like a great fucking backup rapper from like the late 90s like a female rapper who would just like would come in like when you couldn't get Missy Elliott you would get Miss C like Miss C would come in the C stands for cunt but she would always be classy about it Miss C is here gonna get over here you haven't had no fear get out of here Miss C is here gonna get out of here right right I know Miss C sounds cute Uh, but what, what Missy is, is it's actually the confounding disease that some uh, minors are getting after they have COVID, usually asymptomatic. Uh, and we don't know how long it's going to last, and we don't know if it's long COVID for kids, yada, 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 yada. It's really actually very heartbreaking, and that's why I can't even make any fucking jokes about it, and I'm pretty mad away. I promise it's going to be a fun show! We're going to go forever tonight. Nobody came out tonight, because everybody's outside! <laughs> Well, they still could be. And so uh, I'm going to go forever. Um, I ran errands, and it was busier than this one Christmas that I waited until December 19 to do shopping. I swear to fucking Christ. I ran errands, and it was busier than this one fucking Christmas I waited until December 19th. Swear to fucking Christ. No exaggeration. I know some of you are seeing the exact same fucking thing where you're at right now, too. It's bonkers there's i all right sorry 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 we really are gonna go pretty late tonight i know i know i know i know i'm fucking rambly as hell tonight where was i ellie i'm so sorry i had a lot of emotions before i came in on this one missy uh long covid for kids i know i know i know i'm sorry a lot of emotions from daddy today uh i i just need to say it I just need to get it out. <laughs> I'm snow. You're so tired of it. I know that so many people just think it's just doomsaying, doomsaying, doomsaying all the time. And I know that if I talk about vaccines, then I'm going to make eyes glaze over because if you say anything to an American about vaccines other than vaccines are great, you've ignited some kind of culture war behind their eyes. So you can't, I know I can't even talk about like, Efficacy versus effectiveness in vaccines without you thinking I'm the biggest crackpot who's ever lived. I know, because I've tried. <laughs> I cannot wait to actually get my jab. Looks like it's going to happen in the next couple of weeks. Really? Uh, and take my selfie with my fucking arm and the bandage and everything. I can't wait. Just so I can get less, like, heat for talking about vaccines. Right? <laughs> My big doughy pale arm that was going to look so hot before they took the fucking gem away from me again. Uh, God damn it. Um, I know, I know, I know you don't want to hear it. 
but just real, 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 real fucking quick about America. Serbia's got about the same vaccination rate that America has right now, and by God, they're about to hit their all-time highs. Okay? Like, I know the news just keeps coming out about Israel and what have you. Serbia. Yeah, Serbia has about the same vaccination rate as America, a little, little less, and they're about to hit their all-time high in COVID rates and numbers. It's just shooting right back up, and they just had a big wave right before the holidays, too. So I understand that there's like a media bubble and stuff like that. That's all good news, and it's all vaccinations are amazing. It's brought to you by Pfizer and Moderna, this article. Vaccines even better than we thought. Small print, vaccines doing way fucking worse. <laughs> I know. If you're in a fucking media bubble, you're only hearing one thing about vaccines. And I can't penetrate that shit. So real quick, let's go around the world and just talk about how there's something called P3 in the Philippines now. What does P3 stand for? It's the protein mixture that you get at stores. It's got three different kinds of proteins. Why, it's got nuts, cheese, and meats. It's an actual fucking product, P3. Uh, it's Lunchables for people too lazy to make their own Lunchables. So real quick, uh, the Japanese naming system which is a great fucking name for a college band, for diseases is apparently we're just, we're going to wait until somebody comes into our country. This is the Japanese disease strategy, and apparently it's working great. We're going to wait until somebody comes to our country and they look sick. We're going to throw them in a hotel room. We're going to take their fucking COVID test, and we're going to sequence that. And then we're going to label it P, and then <laughs> as, in, as in pathogen, and then we're just going to start with one. And then we're just going to start ticking our way through the fucking numbers. And so the Brazilian variant, have you heard about that? Did that penetrate the American news bubble Brazilian variant at all? I'm trying to figure out if you're an American what you're hearing because you're not hearing shit about COVID, I know. You sweet little babies. No, everything's good. Trump's gone and everything's so sweet. You sweet little babies. It's okay. Okay. No, everything's good. You get vaccines and then everything will be... No, 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 no. There's no more COVID anywhere. You got vaccines, you sweet. Joey Bitey fell down, but he got right back up. Everything's going to be fine, babies. Everything's good. Did you hear the economy is going to go 17% this year and child credits are going to cut poverty in half? Did you hear? Yay! Okay, so the Brazilian variant, Brazil's, Brazil's succumbing to the virus. I don't mean to have any fun with that. Brazil's losing 3,000 people a day now. They have about 65% of... Uh, the population of America, and they're losing 3,000 people a day now. They have 26 states in Brazil, 26 individual states in Brazil, and of the 26 states in Brazil, 26 of their hospital systems are overstretched. Uh, hospital workers are no longer showing up. Uh, entire states, you heard about parts of Southern California needing extra oxygen at one point, maybe in January. Uh, literally entire states the size of the Dakotas plus Montana together uh, ran out of oxygen in Brazil because of how far this is spreading. Uh, this is like not quite a state-threatening 
solution, but there's legitimate like doctors saying, I'm not going into work after X day and fuck it. And they're saying this to reporters and shit. This is the kind of like shutdown of hospital systems that people are afraid of. This is because of the P1 variant that Japan found. What? What did daddy just say? Yes, I know. It's kind of crazy. The P1 Brazilian variant was not discovered in Brazil, was not discovered in anybody searching Brazil, was not discovered anywhere there. What? Where was the Brazilian variant discovered? Japan. When a family of four Brazilians went to Japan, three of them looked sick. They got thrown into a hotel room. Japan fucking sequenced it. And they said, okay, pathogen number one. Looks like it's on this Brazilian family. We'll just make a little note here. And so Japan had no fucking skin and no game when they made this thing P1. And then Brazil started fucking collapsing. Okay? And then Brazil's uptick of all upticks. By the way, it's in the middle of their summer for everybody talking about how summer stops the spread. Anyway, okay? So P1 in Brazil, feel free to look up Brazilian numbers, yada, yada, yada. All right? P2. Doesn't appear to have been anything significant. P3. Just fucking discovered. P3 was just fucking discovered. P3 is going to be called the Philippine variants because everybody's a racist fuck, apparently, even in the news scientific media. So it's going to eventually be called the Philippine variant, P3, because guess how it was found? <laughs> well, a traveler from the Philippines went to Japan. Japan looked at him. They said, well, you look kind of sick, motherfucker. They throw him in a hotel room. They sequence his fucking test, and they went, huh, that doesn't look very good. And so now we need to talk about the Philippines and what's going on over there. So the Philippines is now uh, hitting their all-time high uh, in COVID tests. This happened a mere week after the discovery of it. Amazingly enough, if you saw me on Twitter, I don't really tweet much these days because I'm spending my time playing video games pretending the world doesn't exist because I get treated I get treated like a piece of shit on the internet my own way because I won't stop talking about COVID. Boy, it's a lot of fun. Uh, but I actually like sent an angry tweet to a reporter last Friday. <laughs> On, on March on March twelfth, I actually sent out a tweet to a Voice of America reporter because on March twelfth, he sent out a. I don't know if you know what Voice of America is, but it's a, um, it's a, it's a radio station slash media thing that we made for World War II propaganda, and we just never turned off because fucking America. Uh, <laughs> no, he's a liberal. Voice of America is pretty liberal. Uh, it's it's the thing that we broadcast to Europe into Nazi-occupied Europe, to be all like, America's with you, stay away, fuck the Nazis, we're gonna come back to you, America! And then, like, we won World War II, and like, well, why would we stop? Why would we stop spending just a little bit of money to broadcast the American perception to every radio and to every fucking Europe and tell them exactly how great and cool we are? Why would we ever stop doing that? That's the... You want to stop spending money on telling other people how great we are? Fuck you, we're Americans. So we just never stop. So Voice of America is a journalistic network that gets broadcast all over the world and has a bit of reporters, what have you. But March 12th, a reporter for Voice of America, not a bad guy or anything, but he wrote on March 12th, 2021, uh, Philippines, do it amazing. Philippines, how they finally crushed the COVID nightmare or something like that was the actual headline, you know? And they published it March 12th. About seven hours after they published it, 
I actually sent out the tweet like, Hey, Jagoff! Did you really publish this on the same day that Japan finds the P3 variant and they're recording their highest uptick in the last six months? Did you really do that? He didn't get, I didn't get a response. But he really did publish an article on March 12th. You can check. If you check my tweets, you can see what I'm fucking tweeting at. March 12th, 2021, talking about how Philippines finally crushed COVID on the exact same day that Japan says there's a variant coming out of Philippines and it's going to fuck shit up. We are immediately, as soon as we see, as soon as we see us in Japan, this is us Japanese scientists talking, as soon as we looked into a microscope and we saw this motherfucker, we went, oh shit, and we sent out an APB to every medical scientist in the world that we just found our scariest variant since P1 because it has the same spike mutation. You guys do know in America that spike mutations that avoid vaccines not only could happen, but have happened, are happening, and have been documented to have occurred in 14 different times in 14 different countries already. You have heard that in America, right? That a mutation that makes vaccines less effective has occurred 14 different times in 14 different countries. Right? You have heard that? It's basic scientific fact. You have heard that in all your good news, right, Americans? Yes? Great. Because one of them is P3. One of the 14 is P3. One of them. One of them. So far known is P3. Okay, sorry. Sorry. Uh, fun show, fun show, fun show. Rule number three. <sighs> and now, within a week, within one week, within one week, because I'm recording this on fucking March 19th, within one week of Japan finding that motherfucker, immediately saying it, Philippines is at their all-time high. They've never had more fucking COVID. Tests, their hospitalizations are rapidly increasing. Younger people all the time, too. Deaths are more common. Everything is going fucking crazy. There are countries that never had a single fucking COVID hospitalization or death. That really never did. Not like a North Korean bullshit, but really never did. Not a one. Like Cambodia. That are now reporting hundreds a day. They didn't hide them for a whole year, guys. I know that there's this weird American thing that's like, well, they were lying. <laughs> And North Korea, that's absolutely true. Oh, North Korea, there's fucking crazy reports about, like, them taking all the fucking, like, Russian diplomats out of a hotel in the middle of the night and, like, aiming guns at them. Like, masks, masks! Okay, so, like, yeah, for sure there's some, like, crazy shit going on in North Korea. No doubt. It's another day in North Korea. Can't tell you enough. It's a country where they paid people to build buildings that they didn't put anything inside for 27 straight years. It's not. It's even crazier than your country. <laughs> it's so hard to understand. Just think about that. What do you do? I pour cement in the shape of a fucking rectangle. What do you do after that? Nothing. I come home, I hope. I take some meth. <laughs> That's life, baby. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm fucking great at it. I'll tell you this much. Every fucking cement rectangle I built, right there where I put it.
there's a lot of fucking craziness and disease going on with this right now. And it's blowing my mind because very few countries in the world are even testing. Yeah. And so America, America makes up like 25% of the world's COVID tests. Like our tests, like our test tests. Like of all the tests that are done in the world, like 25% of them are done in America. And so America, our numbers looked good. And this is, this is the most insane, this is one of the most insane moments that I felt in this entire fucking time. But America does 25% of the world's tests or so. Just like we have 25% of the world's prisoners, we do like 25% of the COVID tests. It's weird when a country just decides to do a lot of shit for everybody for no reason. And we went through a really bad wave in early January. You may have heard about it. And then afterwards, there was this great, great decline before the plateau and the uptick I think we're now in. Right? And so with this huge decline, because America is having this great decline and doing all these tests, the WHO, the World Health Organization, is all like, COVID numbers going down across the globe. Now that made me want to fucking punch myself just a little bit, because are you fucking, come on, man. Even in third grade, I could tell you why that was a bad thing to say out loud. That that was bad math. What the fuck are you doing? But here's the thing. Even with the U.S. plateau, the world numbers are ticking up again like crazy. Did you hear what I said when I said Philippines all-time high? When I said Brazilian all-time high? When I said Cambodia never before all-time high? All-time high, never higher. Is that really registering? Because I don't want to anybody to be afraid or anxious. But there's nothing about your country that's going to stop it besides a good plan. Even if it didn't have a single fucking death or case in the first 15 months, apparently that means nothing with this one. Just fucking nothing. And so I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I really am that I can't shut the fuck up about COVID. But I have no mouth and I must scream. And I am watching me go down for the fourth time in a row this goddamn tilt into the darkness. For who knows how long this time, who knows how it ends. And I hate it. I can't stop it. I can't change it. Informing you is not going to change anything. I promise I'm not going to go psychotic like I did last year been doing real good with that but just right now if you really think especially that i'm doing a good job or i'm being a good daddy you're having a good time with me when i'm not fucking talking about this scary crazy world <sighs> i also feel the anxiety and the fear that you're feeling I also know what it's like to speak one's truth and to only have people scoff at you and then tell you that they respect you when you get angry at they, them scoffing at you and not respecting you, your mind, and your personhood. I know what it's like to not be believed. I know what it's like to have people just immediately 
test the validity of everything that you say. Frame it as though it's always just emotional. And try and push it aside. Dismiss it as loudly and insultingly as they can get by in public. Because they just don't want to hear it from you. They just don't want to hear it at all. That, I do know what it feels like. I'm approaching 500 days of it consecutively now. It's becoming old hat. And with that, I'm kind of starting to have fun with it. Is that messed up? Something happened, some change occurred, and I don't know where, but a sea change kind of roiled up in the back of my mind where, well, if I'm the devil, then I'm going to be the best fucking devil that you've ever fucking seen. Somewhere, I don't know where, and I don't know when, but somewhere, if I'm actually the devil's, I'm not going to be the devil's advocate. I want a promotion. I've always advocated for myself anyway. So, really, it feels fairly natural. If you're going to make me your little COVID devil, oh my god, I think I can play that role. Because, <laughs> let me tell you, I know you're tired of it, but there's some real job security in it. I haven't even begun to tell you the bad things that could happen with COVID. Do you know what an STC is? Oh, you don't want to. You don't want to learn what an STC is. Sounds like some fucking sci-fi bullshit is what an STC is. <laughs> You'll learn, though. You'll learn. You'll learn. I told you about the minks. They were only just set up in Act 1. The minks are coming back in Act 2. You think the minks aren't coming fucking back? The minks are fucking coming back, assholes. I know you thought I was fucking around to fucking crazy with that shit. You don't know the forbidden knowledge. That's my Gene Wilder. Uh, I practiced... The, uh, I, I practiced the monologue, let me out, let me out of here from young Frankenstein like a thousand times. And so now pretty much any time I want to, I can just, come on. Don't you understand? You have to, you have to, I can just, you know, I could just do that with pretty much any dialogue I want to say because, <laughs> you know, you practice it enough, you can just kind of, <laughs> it becomes like a flute. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's one of my absolute... I, that monologue has won me a lot of fucking affection because, boy, anytime somebody closes you in a door, you can pretty much do it. Pretty much anytime, anytime someone shuts a door behind you, you can pretty much just... Let me out! Let me out of here! My God, I was joking! Can't you tell a joke when you hear one? You morons! <laughs> if you haven't seen Young and Frankenstein, there's a good thing to watch to cheer up after you're done. So... What can I say besides, I, if I'm, see, this is why I have to kick the fucking cat out. You think she, she's 18, 17, 16? She's something, she's old. I don't know. I don't want to exaggerate. She's old. She doesn't want to fucking deal with Gene Wilder. <laughs> she's too old for that shit. So, somewhere along the line of learning and deciding that I wasn't going to stop reading about COVID because I kind of find it fascinating and I like it and i guess i should have been a bug hunter except then i'd have a boss and can you imagine can you imagine how difficult 
it would be for me to maintain employment in a field of science when I would just constantly be like, wrong, wrong, boss. God damn it. Do you know how often I want to say to a doctor already, like already, like already, already, like, I don't know where you got your medical degree, but could you ask for a fucking refund already? Do you know that half of U.S. doctors, do you know that half of U.S. doctors believe that eating an egg increases your dietary cholesterol? I think I've talked about this before. Half of U.S. doctors still think that, and yet they want to lecture me on fucking virology. I don't know, man. That seems a little, that seems a little sideways to me. I understand that you're gonna, you're gonna make some commentary there, but this is one of those things about the curse of knowledge. I keep reading about this thing, and I know I keep getting it wrong, but I keep learning more, and it keeps combining, and I keep fucking refining what I know, and I enjoy it very, very, very much. And so these days when I'm arguing with people, when they call me the devil, it becomes fun. So, like, even a couple of years ago, if you insulted me, it would hurt me, and it would take me out of the game for a little bit. And somewhere in this process of COVIDization that's made us all a little bit more extreme and a little bit more unyielding, I think, in a way that it has reformed me, I like it now. The, the, the moment that somebody starts insulting me in a debate, I now know that I'm winning or something. As long as I don't go back, which I sometimes do because I... Uh, but there's this fun part of me now when I'm talking about shit and people roll their eyes and they start talking, you know, they start trying to appeal towards authority. You know what I do for a living? I jerk off into a microphone. So now that we've both appealed to authority, you to your medical degree, and now, now you know what I do for a day job, here's the unfortunate thing. What if I'm still better at what you do for a living and what I do for a living at the same time? What if it's both, asshole? Because let me tell you, once somebody appeals to authority and you, like, you don't accept the authority, but also you're like, yeah, and I jerk off. I have, a, I have a script that I'm trying to record about coming on the floor and then making you lick it up as the listener. That's what I was doing before I was reading about. I, that's what I'm procrastinating on by reading about COVID. What, what's, what does your day look like, Doc? I'll tell you what happens to them. They recoil in fear or they get back to the facts real quick. They either run away and there's a little doctor-shaped hole in the wall with their stupid fucking stethoscope, like, hanging in the distance, right? You know, you can see, like, the stethoscope, like, swing in action, right? There's a doctor-shaped fucking hole in the wall. Or they immediately just start going back to the facts and stop trying to be like, one of us here is a professional. Because obviously that's not going to work on a guy whose response to that is, yes, you're the professional and I'm the guy who jerks off into women's shoes. Now here's my question. They pay me. They pay me. I'm not some kind of disgusting creep, just a pervert. Listen, I would never come into a woman's slippers without her consent. How dare you, sir? How dare you? The only panties that I sniff are the ones that I was asked to, sir. And then it's a lot of fun, because when you're just talking facts and going back and forth about questions, again, something really interesting happens when you're talking to, like, a medical authority that clearly doesn't even really fucking buy what they're selling. Because, boy, they can't wait to slip into jargon. It's the exact same thing of, like, a construction worker or something. Like, you know, if, like, if they don't feel good, they're like, oh, you know, the cement's like, you know, two by four, blah, 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 blah. They start whipping out the jargon. 
You made me feel uncomfortable. This is the one thing I could do. Let's talk about this. Yeah. But when you actually, like, get into the specifics of it, when you actually, like, try and argue about, like, the virology and what's happening, I think I'm actually starting to get really good at this shit. I'm starting to have a lot of fun with it. I'm starting to fill out, like, quizzes and shit. Uh, and here's my biggest claim to fame before I stop talking about COVID. Uh, talking about, like, having fun and, and having fun during the apocalypse. I sent... I know this is kind of a strange thing that I do, but you know how you get to the end of an article that you've read? I'm just kidding if you're an American, but you know, like, you know, if you're a European, if you, you know how you can read an article all the way to the end? Pause for effect. There will be a name at the end, and it's this crazy thing. It'll often be the same name as at the beginning of the article. You, I, like I said, this is all pretty foreign territory to a lot of you. I'm variants. I'm the devil, and I'm loving it. And if you click on that name at the end, you can get like a little menu that pops up of like other things that have their little name sandwiches. They got a little name at the beginning, a little name at the end. And also little things that you can click on and you can send them something. Sometimes daddy clicks on those things to be like, why the fuck did you just say Philippines beat their fucking COVID on the day where the fucking did, you fucking piece of shit? But usually daddy does not click on the little things at the end of articles to say something like that. Usually daddy clicks on them to go like, excuse me, sir or madame. I have just read, copy and paste, link of article. I have questions, and here are them. And I do this. I've done this since I was, like, 15. Like, no one... I never asked anyone's permission. I just started emailing people that had email addresses that put them out there, because way back when, that was kind of weird. Way back when, like, a journalist would be like, here's my email. You'd be like, what? You're telling people your email and your name? What the fuck? You're going to get, Sandra Bullock's going to stick a cord in your butt and she's going to turn you blue. I saw it in a movie. So like way back when, you know, it was kind of like, whoa, shit, living dangerously. Name and email, fuck. And an email. So I've always kind of been in the habit. If I get to the end of of an article or something, I'm like, I want to know more. I'll email the person. And, like, they either don't respond or they do, and if they do respond, they're nice. Because I'm nice, believe it or not, when, I, when I'm trying to take up a, a professional's time, at least. I try and be. Uh, so there's no, there's no downside to it. Nobody is ever like, fuck you for sending me this email about the thing that I wrote. Hasn't happened to me yet, and I have horrible fucking luck. Well, I sent, a go- I sent somebody a list of fucking questions about a COVID article because I was high as a fucking kite and already read over 200,000 fucking words that day. That's not an exaggeration. And I don't know how long I've been at it or slept or any of that shit because I was on a fucking roll. I was going, going, going. And I just fired a bunch of fucking questions off and I was reading through the email, not even really thinking about it, right? I was just reading through their responses, not even really thinking about what I had done. And then I got to the last fucking thing that wasn't a response to a question. It was just a it was just a personal statement after they answered my questions. And the personal statement from this doctor uh, of, uh, of of uh, of of uh, pathology uh, at a at a university, the last thing was, and who are you with? That uh, I gotta tell you, that made me real fucking happy.
because I, I don't know if you quite get the implication there, but he did not realize he was talking to a jerk-off artist. <laughs> he thought he was talking to a reporter or a colleague or something. I don't know who he thought he was talking to. <laughs> uh, and so I, I, I have... A new organization, I'd like to say. I've been saying for a while now that I'm an analyst when people ask me what I do because America sucks. So I say I'm an analyst because 75, 75% of the time that's like, okay, I want to talk about me again anyway. I breed puppies. Uh, so like it's a perfect dodge. I'm an analyst. Oh, I don't know what that is. Anyways, my grandma, she smells like roses. Uh, but if they do follow... <laughs> If they do follow, follow up like what an analyst is, like, oh, I, I, I analyze things. I read things. I analyze things. And I haven't really had a great follow-up from there. From there, kind of, if you've ever seen the show Psych, uh, one of the main characters introduces the other main character by a, a stupid name every episode. Like, like, hello, my name is, like, my Inspector Reno, and this is my friend Peppercorn Black Ridge III. Like, it's just a stupid, it's the stupidest fucking name every time. And so when people ask me what I do for a living, if they like probe too deep on what is an analysis, I'm like, oh, I got to say something like psych stupid now. And I got to be all like, oh, I, I try and make uh, retrograde remunerations, you know? Really? Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I'm in, what I'm looking for right now are equations that maximize synergy. Really? Uh-huh. Are you finding them? Everywhere I look. <laughs> so now I get to change it, because they asked me, and I, I, I was so happy. I went to the gym, and I fucking worked out and shit, and I was, like, beaming. Like, I, that was the best compliment I, was the best compliment I got. Who are you with? Who, are, who am I with? 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 Never say no. That's my new answer. I'm the devil. The devil never says no. Who am I with? Who am I with? Who am I with? So I have a new analytical agency. I am. I'm having. I call it. I haven't come up with the most clever name yet. But I'll get there. Don't worry. I think I think it's threesome analysis. Because who am I with? It's me, Rosie Palm, and Mary Jane. And I have to say, we are a hell of a fucking organization. <laughs> we get the job done every time. When the three of us come together... There is really no issue we can't solve. <laughs> uh, me, RP, and MJ, we get the job done. So, uh, Daddy's having a pretty good time during the apocalypse. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. Um, I can drive in rush hour traffic now. I have no anxiety about it whatsoever. Hands on the wheel and eyes straight ahead, and I can do it. I can drive during the the worst, most aggravating parts of the day, and I don't even remotely have to worry about it or do breathing or anything. I feel like doing something 
like getting a cooking ingredient or what have you, and I go and I get it. I don't overthink it. I, as recently as 2018, would spend the day, the day getting groceries delivered sometimes, just agonizing over every purchase, over everything, not wanting to waste everything. And these days, not only do I not do anything besides go to the sale tab, get whatever looks good, and start fucking going from there, but the other day, my shit got canceled because of the crazy tornado weather. Do you guys hear about that across America? All of a sudden, the, the spot tornadoes that appeared and disappeared? Shit, tornadoes appeared and disappeared across like 17 states, but it was only like 90 minutes long. It was so fucking nuts. Yeah, yeah, disrupted all kinds of shit because nobody was expecting, you know, windstorm tornadoes, but they just appeared and disappeared like nothing. Uh, it was a very rare event. It was very weird. Meteorologists jerking off about it still. And of course, it caused nationwide disruption to services, and and uh, it really did seem like fucking fringe, Arya. Like, swear to Christ, Leonard Nimoy absolutely could have fucking made an appearance in last week's episode. 100%. That was some fringe shit. Uh, absolutely, I'm with you. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it caused all kinds of disruption, obviously. Yeah, no big deal. And it's a national service, my grocery service, so I just canceled that. And then the next, I was like, oh, that kind of stinks because it was a huge fucking order. I don't want to put all that in. But I didn't think about it at all. It's like, I have to cancel. That's fine. I didn't get aggravated or anything. And then the next day, because I had that mindset that it wasn't aggravating and, uh, you know, I'm lucky and yada, 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 and yada, I didn't get mad. If I, if I, if I came in frustrated, I would have put everything in the cart back in or I would have had gone back to the sale tab and put everything in because I went back in with that mindset of it's no big deal I wondered is there any way is there any button or option that I've missed before where you can just reorder because I canceled that order but it's still in the system and there was it's little stuff like that I know it doesn't sound like that big of a deal but really when you've lived your life defined by your mental illness and what it's cost you and the blinders that it's put on you even when you do new things, you notice that you're doing things that you wouldn't have been able to do. It really is beginning to feel a little bit like a movie, like Catwoman. I'm Catwoman. I'm Halle Berry. And it's starting to feel like, you know, it's now I've got the cat powers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? At the beginning of the movie, I'm oh, I don't want to fight you, Sharon Stone. Now I'm going to fucking kick Sharon Stone in her fucking face. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Sharon Stone. Did you say that your supervillain power is that you Botoxed your face to the point that it's really hard? In the, did you just say that's your supervillain power? Is that your face got Botoxed to the point that it's hard to hit? Well, I'm just going to hit the shit out of it anyway. <laughs> I'm Catwoman. I don't know if you guys quite thought that. That is actually true. Sharon Stone's evil villain power in the movie Catwoman is that she did make up to the point that her skin is like a diamond. That is, that is, they try not to, they try not to even say it. They go over it as quickly as they possibly can. They rip that band-aid off. This is the correct call, but that is... That is the explanation for Sharon Stone and why she's a villain. She done Botoxed herself to the dark side. I'll never get over it. You think that movie's been stupid the whole way through, and then they save that shit for the last five minutes. Are you fucking kidding me? 
Ugh! What the hell? <laughs> oh, you couldn't have kept the fish and anchovies in the sex scene, but you kept that, huh? You made all the wrong calls, 2005's blockbuster Catwoman. <sighs> I'm feeling good. I'm doing my sit-ups. Uh, I had no processed food for nine days in a row. Everything homemade, everything from scratch. Uh, cooking is going wonderful, and I'm super happy with it. I'm playing all kinds of video games in my off time. Everybody seems to be really happy and good with me. I understand that I talked about a lot of really scary and aggravating things. And I, I appreciate when I talk about COVID, especially uh, about how there's an American just media hole. That Americans just don't seem to be consuming the news that the rest of the world is about this. And it's not the first time I've lived through it. Iraq, climate change, healthcare. The fucking list goes on and on. It's so crazy. What, like, we're fucking another way. But even with all of that, I feel great. Have you gained weight? Have you lost good habits? Have you lost somebody important to you? Not because they died, but because... It's hard to maintain relationships right now. You don't know when they're going to be back in your life. Are, are you in that position in the opposite place? I have nothing but empathy and sympathy for you. I encourage you to keep going at your own pace. Get through every day, step by step. And I am sorry if what I say, truly sorry, if any of it aggravates you. Or if it makes it harder. Because I want to be an entertainer. And only a good entertainer for you. I do. This is this is this is how I gotta process shit though. And I thank you so much for letting me process it with you. I thank you so much for letting me lean on you these last twelve months. A lot of pe for a lot of people, COVID's twelve months old, I guess. For me, we're approaching day five hundred. <laughs> it's a little different on this, on Planet Jack, Planet PTSD. Um, and as somebody who's gone through the last 500 consecutive days with this sort of Damocles over his head, I would not be doing good if it wasn't for you. Your grace, your patience, everything that you've offered me. I'm very lucky. So you, you let me say it's okay that you are stumbling, that you are having some trauma in your life. I'll shoulder it. I'm trying to shoulder it right now. And then when I stumble it a little bit later, maybe you, you'll be strong. Or maybe we'll both be weak and we'll just bump heads for a while. Who knows? But I'm feeling pretty good, and I'm trying to put stuff out there that says take the vaccine and be safe and wear your mask and, and have fun and look better to bright forward days. I'm trying to do my best to really, really hold up the light, hold up the torch. I know that I didn't. I know that that's totally forgivable because not anybody is the whole time through, and if they are, they're fucking faking it, the Christian Bale goddamn psychopath. The goddamn straight-up Tom Cruise-level goddamn psychopath that you must be if you've held a torch up throughout the last 365 days straight of this shit. I don't believe you. What's behind your eyes? What's behind your eyes? There's nothing behind those eyes! 
Uh, that's. <laughs> I actually snorted for real because of how fucking funny it is to talk about <laughs> Christian Bale doing Tom Cruise in American Psycho. I don't know if you know this. Christian Bale, in, 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 if you didn't know this about American Psycho, in his own mind, in the scenes where he's psycho, he's just, he's just playing Tom Cruise. As soon as I heard that, I laughed. I never, I never stopped. I never, I don't think I've ever laughed at an actor's revelation harder than that because it's like, for one, I see, and for two, oh my God, he made the perfect choice. He just chose Tom Cruise, and that's the perfect choice. Oh, don't work harder, work smarter. Christian fucking Bale. Ugh. <laughs> so many rambles tonight. Have I even been drinking? Thank you. Keep going. You're doing great. You want to hear some poetry? You want to hear some poetry? You done with the... We're going to go for fucking ever tonight, I told you. You think at the end of that there wasn't going to be something? <clears throat> like I said, I'm going to go. This is for all the people listening and everybody at home. This is hopefully what we'll do for a live show because some... If I was touring the country right now and this stuff was happening in my hotel room before, they would have to kick us out and then I would do the rest of the show outside after, like, they finally turned the lights off on stage. Because you think I'm not going to be able to stop talking about this shit on the day that I read it? Like, if I'm scheduled for, like, a Wednesday night and I'm reading this fucking shit about the Philippines that Wednesday morning, you think I'm going to be able to be all like, Tell me uh, just what or who I'm supposed to be. Uh, I'm just looking at my phone, like, scrolling through. Ba 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 seventeen thousand dead. In the next two weeks, you hear me now say, "Ugh." I'm not gonna be able to fucking focus until I talk about it. <laughs> Remember when some of you said that you were really looking forward to 2020 ending, and Daddy said. Why it's going to be worse and weirder next year. And you were like, Dad, you fucking piece of shit. Shut up. It's going to be great. We're tired of you. Oh, you're always so cranky. <laughs> Guess what? It gets worse from here. <laughs> and now some poetry. <clears throat> The fountains mingle with the river, and the rivers with the ocean. The winds of heaven mix forever with a sweet emotion. Nothing in the world is single, all things by a law divine. In one spirit meet and mingle. Why not I with thine? See the mountain kiss high heaven, and the waves clasp one another. No sister flower would be forgiven if it disdained its brother. And the sunlight clasps the earth, and the moonbeams kiss the sea. What is all this sweet work, if thou kiss not me? Love's Philosophy by Percy Shelley Thank you to all the girls who came out tonight, and thank you to everybody who sent in something for me to read, even if you were afraid that I wasn't going to do it. I know a woman! 
lovely in her bones. When small birds sighed, she would sigh back at them. Ah, when she moved, she moved more ways than one. The shapes a bright container can contain. Her choice virtues only gods should speak, or English poets who grew up on Greek. I'd have them sing in chorus, cheek to chink. How well her wishes went, she stroked my chin, she taught my turn and counter-turn and stand, she taught me touch and undulant white skin. I nibbled meekly from her pre-offered hand, she was the sickle, I, poor I, the rake, coming behind her for her pretty sake. But what prodigious mowing did we make? Love like a garner, and she adores a goose, her full lips pursed, the errand note to seize. She played it quick, she played it light and loose, my eyes they dazzled at her flowing knees. Her several parts could keep a pure repose, or one hip quiver with a mobile nose. She moved in circles with all those circles moved. Let seed be grass and grass turn into hay, a martyr to emotion not my own. What freedom for to know eternity? I swear she cast a shadow white as stone. But who would count the eternity in days? These old bones live to learn her wanton ways. I measure time by how a body sways. I knew a woman. Theodore, and I don't know how to say this last name at all, I'm going to go with Rothk. Rothk. R-O-E-T-H-K-E. God, that looks Dutch. Anybody know? There's only two things I can't stand. Bigotry and the Dutch. Uh, I'm looking, I'm looking over, I'm looking over at, uh, Circles moved, repose, knows, and moved. Boy, that's an interesting, that's an interesting rhyme scheme. Yes, there's no year on this one. Pure repose, mobile, knows, circles, moved. Ha. Huh. Knows, moved. Repose, pose. Nose moved. The other ones all rhyme perfectly. Speak Greek cheek. Break sake make. Days ways sways. O's o's ooved. All right, I can't figure how I'm supposed to say fucking moved. All right. I'll so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just you know, the pattern was perfect, and except for that one, I couldn't figure it. Right. <clears throat> but remember, everything is not every possible thing. Everything is only all there is here and now. Somewhere there will be more than there is. You are not everything, but everything could not be everything. Without you. Long live everything. John Muir. That one's interesting. 
I send this in the afternoon. I never wrote the letter I said I would. I'm sorry I didn't call. Long time has passed, and I was afraid of frostbite. I was afraid of reaching across the glacial silence to find no one. And you were right. In the end, your prayerful warnings all collected. I can't collapse the meadows like I said I would learn how to. These days, I only eat my own hair and wonder the asphalt of Halloween and feel my insides churn like writhing pythons, all of it dark and dizzying, and the worst kind of movie, and an even worse reality. You were right about all of it, and it hit me too late and too hard. In another version of this life, I think we could bathe in mistletoe and call it ingesting potential. You were right about all of it. I was never alone until I was actually alone, and the goshank of winter crept up and devoured the pine bough I had left at your doorstep. Boy, that is some maudlin shit. Winter Loss by... R.I.D. and the Nosebleed Club on Tumblr. Now that is a citation. <laughs> the Japanese Naming Method and the Nosebleed Club on Tumblr. That's their first album. The Nosebleed Club on... Yes, the Japanese Naming Method is the name of the band, and then their first album, the Nosebleed Club on Tumblr. I would definitely fucking give them a listen. If I see that pop up on my Spotify, I am not immediately nexting. <laughs> I am clicking play, and I'm wondering what I'm about to fucking hear. Oh, yeah? I know it's not Japanese. I know that fucking much. Besides that, I've got no fucking clue. Let's see what happens. <laughs> <clears throat> Like air, we float kite words, fragile signals, and hearts flap purple wings. Like air, my struggling lungs seize you, gasp relief, release long-held breaths, desire expanding capacity unknown, welcome gulps of the future. Like air, I need clarity, shot through the sunlight, invisible to buoy me towards an idea called us. My dreams are mostly silent. Does something besides distance obscure us? Like air, intimacy should be a, intimacy should be a right. For now, it's only a promise. Like air, you travel my blood's hungry stream to every limb. This is how, for now, we touch. Like air, by Laura Hershey. <clears throat> okay, three poems. Maybe? No. All right. Here we go. <clears throat> All right, dyslexia. It's time to see who's who's bitch these days. Let's dance. Boy, you're starstruck. I love the way you rub the red lipstick off above my cupid's bow and how you call it the halo of my face because girliness equals goodness equals godliness equals, let's be real, oh my goddess, like that moment when Hades and Persephone met in the fractured Greek myth and the goddess of spring chugs her can of pomegranate soda because a future lover is oh so fine, 
and check out that ass. They don't make stories like this anymore, do they? Boy, you're my good afternoon delight as the fountains at the Bellagio go off, as the tourists at the bistro across the street munch on steak bonnets and croque monsieur, and wild escargot and bourronnet as the water dances to Sinatra's Come Fly With Me. And I've just about named every cliché in the romance book, minus the flowers. I've had to stuff the Vegas strip in there, but no, let me start over now. F was right that day in Tallahassee when he traced the lines on my palm and said that the three long ones at the end meant I'd have many great loves in my life, and how I laughed at F's face after, and oh boy, was F right. I think, when X asks me on the phone if I've ever been in love, and I say no too fast, and I might be lying to her, but who really cares? I used to want to outsex everyone, make everyone want, make everyone pant, make everyone chew their steak just a little harder, order that extra shot of whiskey, and his lips go wild because I've just drunk bourbon like that extra tingle of tongue, the red lipstick that gets him all messy, gets me all messy again, gives me the halo above my cupid's bow, and what it's like being in lust with a man and a woman at the same time. It's like dancing in a corner, your tank top is about to slip off, exposing nipples, but you just keep dancing. And boy, I'm a wonder. And when you kiss me like that, I think about her red lips kissing me. <clears throat> Triple Sonnet, because boy, you're starstruck and I'm a wonder by Dorothy Chan. Oh, I fucking slammed that shit out. Filled with goddamn French, too. Uh, so many little feet. Triple sonnet, little feet, some woman out there, your pussy just got all fucking wet. And I made that joke. That's right. Daddy knows all kinds of meters. Penta is just one of <sighs> That's a, that's a, that's an English lit joke. That's for the that's for the ladies, that's that's the literature. Oh, Oh, that felt good. <clears throat> and not the pop, either. The pop came because that felt good. And you did get what you wanted from this life. Even so, I did. And what did you want? To call myself beloved. To feel myself beloved on the earth. Raymond Carver, Late Fragment That is it for poetry. I rambled far too long to do requests today, so I am. I'm sorry. I have to come back next time. Uh, next week, when you do hear uh, uh, the podcast episode, it's going to be the last one of the month, of course, so you'll hear the patron. Thank you at the beginning of that one. Uh, and then next week, you're not going to hear an erotic piece on the podcast. Oh, I know, I know. Just a little bit of housekeeping. You know, like two hours into this fucking huge rambly fucking mess of an emotional appeal uh, 
But it's the truth. Uh, next week, you're going to hear something about why I'm feeling so good and so comfortable, probably rambling and, and just taking up too much of your time and all the rest. Uh, you're going to hear a, a long-form update about <clears throat> me forgiving myself and saying I'm sorry to everybody. Uh, losing my shit in 2020, but also a lot of times besides that, making people feel uncomfortable because of my frustration uh, and, and quite frankly, mental illness. Uh, you're going to hear me talk about things that I never quite expected in a million years, like forgetting myself, moving on, deciding to take another chance at things. It took a long, long, strange path to get here, but quite frankly, all of my rage and anger and anxiety and everything that I've been feeling for months and months now not only has felt reasonable, but manageable and a part of me instead of something crazy. So you'll hear more about it, but for the first time in my life, not just as the Grey Knight, but the guy behind it too, uh, I'm on my own side in a way I've never been. It came unexpectedly. It's been long-lasting, and it's happened long enough that I'm committing to entire new models of productivity on my end without anxiety, that I'm committing to myself and others that I like spending time with just frequently and without any kind of issue. It really does feel like I've turned a page on myself, and I'm not asking for anybody else to turn a page on me, especially if you feel like I've done you wrong or if I've hurt you. I get it, but I... I very excited to talk about how I'm moving forward. And you will hear more about that next week. It's a big ramble. I don't need to ramble about now. Okay. <clears throat> Love letters. Isn't it weird that you're going to get to the next week, then you're going to hear it, and it's just going to be 30 minutes of me talking about how I can't wait to kill my enemies. But I perceive it as like a good thing. Like I'm that crazy. <clears throat> and this is how I'm going to kill the baker with sifting flour. I got this recipe from the Washington Post when they told me about bombs being used in Chad. Real quick before I go into love letters. I think I've talked about this before. The Washington Post is a dangerous thing to read. Don't read the Washington Post unless you want to learn things that you never intended. Because you'll constantly just be fucking reading a fucking article in WAPO. And it'll be like, you know, it'll be like an embassy being sieged or some shit. Like, you'll just read reading the news in WAPO. And then you'll just, there'll be just like a line like, uh, the protesters got in because the barricade shields were, there were only six barricade shields being held by 12 men. Uh, you need at least twice that per the, I'm like, did you just teach me the fucking formula that I can do in my head to get past a barricade? Like, did you just give me a basic algebraic fucking formula? That if I'm in crowd and I see a group of barricade shields, that I can be like, Hey, guys! I've got an idea! Did you just teach me that? They're constantly doing stuff like that. They're constantly just all like, The bombs being thrown off the back of motorcycles consist largely of sifted flour, uh, lighter fluid, and a secret ingredient to make them ignite. A secret Do you mean cell phone batteries, you piece? Did you just teach me how to make a fucking... Super Molotov cocktail, you fuckers? What do you mean an ignition device? Anything could be an ignition... Did you... 
Did you just teach me how to make a bomb, Wapo? It's 743! <laughs> they do it all the time. It's fucking crazy. The New York Times is not much better. Sometimes they will just fucking lay that shit out. <laughs> of course, everybody, as everybody knows, a pressure cooker plus lighter fluid... I'm just going to go to the next article. The FBI is already here. Fuck. <clears throat> Love letters! Sophie. To be with you, the most one loves, the dream, you are speaking to them, not speaking to them, thinking of them, thinking of the most indifferent things, but but by their side, nothing else matters. Okay, I'm going to have to try that sentence again. I'm sorry. <clears throat> to be with the people one loves, to dream you are speaking to them, not speaking to them, thinking of them, thinking of the most indifferent things, but by their side, nothing else matters. Oh, Mona me, how true that is. <laughs> Sorry, I just don't know what he said. <laughs> but he really believes it. <clears throat> and it is also true when one acquires such a habit, it becomes a necessary part of one's existence. Alas! I well know, I should know too well, since the three months that I sigh far away from thee, that I possess thee no more, then my happiness has departed. However, when every morning I wake up, I look for you, it seems to me that half of myself is missing, and that is future. Okay, now that part I got this week. Aww. Twenty times during the day, I ask myself where you are. Judge how strong the illusion is, and how cruel it is to see it vanish. When I go to bed, I do not fail to make room for you. I push myself quite close to the wall, and leave a great empty space in my small bed. This movement is mechanical. These thoughts are involuntary. Ah, how one accustoms oneself to happiness. Alas, one only knows it well when one has lost it, and I'm sure we have only learnt to appreciate how necessary we are to each other since the thunderbolt has potted us. That source of our tears has not dried up, dear Sophie. We cannot become healed. We have enough in our hearts to love always, and because of that, enough to weep always. Gabriel Count Gabriel Honneur de Merbeau, Merbeau to Sophie See, if it was Marbo, I know that would be beautiful sea or beautiful ocean, but I don't know what Marbo means. <clears throat> if I were young, pretty, and very charming, I should not fail to find much artifice in your conduct towards me. But as I am nothing of that, as I am the opposite of that, I find in you a kindness, and honesty will give you, forever, a right over my soul, which you have filled with gratitude, esteem, with sensibility, and with all the sentiments that put intimacy and confidence in a friendship, I shall not speak so well as Montaigne on the subject of friendship, but believe me, we shall feel it better. If you had been in his place, you could have consented to live after the loss of such a friend. But that is no matter. What concerns me is you. 
is the grace, the delicacy, the propriety of your quotation. You come to my aid, and you do not wish me to be wrong in my own eyes, and you do not want your memory to be a sad reproach to my heart, an offense perhaps to my self-respect. In a word, you want me to enjoy in peace the friendship that you offer, and that you prove by such great gentleness and pleasantness. Yes, I accept it. I shall turn it to my advantage. I will console me, and if ever I enjoy society... That will be a pleasure that I shall feel and relish above all others. I much hope that you will pardon me a wrong that I have not done. You may feel that it would be impossible to suspect you of anything that would be against goodness and honesty. I have, however, made such accusations against you, and only proves that I am weak and wrong, that above all that I am troubled to the point of not being able to preserve my presence of mind and freedom of my understanding. You see things too well and too quickly for me to need the fear that you will ever believe yourself despised by me. I am sure, indeed, that your soul will never have to complain of the feelings that animate mine. I know that you only left on Thursday at half-past five o'clock. I was at your door two minutes after you left. I sent that morning to know what time you had left on Wednesday. To my great surprise, I learned that you were still in Paris, and that it was not even certain that you would go on Thursday. I went myself to learn if you were, perhaps, ill, and what would seem to frighten you. I even wished that you were so. However, by an inconsequence that I cannot explain to you, I was comforted to learn that you had left. Yes, your absence has restored my calm. It has increased my sadness. You must pardon this and feel content about it. I do not know if I regret you, but I wish for you, as I would for a pleasure, and I believe that energetic and sensitive souls attach themselves very strongly to that. It is not the idea of the length of your absence that affects me. My thought does not fly so far ahead. It is merely the present that burdens my soul, that saddens it, weighs it down, and leaves me without enough energy to desire a better disposition. But how horribly personal I have been! Here are three pages full of myself, and yet I believe that it is you that I am occupied with, that lest I feel the need of knowing how you are, the state of your health, when you read this, good heavens, how far away you will be! Your body will only be three hundred leagues away, but how far your thoughts will have gone, what new objects, ideas, and reflections will surround you, I feel as if I spoke to your shadow. All that I have known of you has disappeared, and you will with difficulty find any trace in your memory for the affection that agitated and animated you during the last days that you passed in Paris. You know well that we convinced ourselves that sensibility is a sign of mediocrity, and that your character destines, uh, destines you to be great. Your talents condemn you to celebrity. Abandon yourself, then, to your destiny, and firmly assure yourself that you were not made for that sweet, intimate life which demands tenderness and sentiment. There it but little pleasure and no glory in living for a single object when one reigns only in one heart. One does not reign in public opinion. Some names were made to be written in history. Yours well one day. Excite admiration. When I let this thought absorb me, it moderates a little the interest that you have inspired in me. Farewell. Having thus opened a correspondence with you, 
uh, huh. with you uh, continued while he was with the army from May to October. Oh, for fuck's sake. No wonder. God damn it. <clears throat> uh, letter from uh, Julie Jean Eleanor de Lesseprance to uh, Comite de Gubar. Okay. If you were curious what year that was, 1793. And I guess I don't know that lady's name in the history books, so there you go. Whoops. Dear Eva, it'll be almost a month since you wrote to me, and you have possibly forgotten your state of mind. I doubt it, though. You seem to always be the same as always, and being you hate every single minute of it. Don't learn to say fuck you to the world once in a while. You have every right to. Just stop thinking, worrying, looking over your shoulder, wondering, doubting, fearing, hurting, hoping for some easy way out, struggling, grasping, confusing, itching, scratching, mumbling, bumbling, grumbling, humbling, stumbling, numbing, rumbling, gambling, tumbling, scumbling, scrambling, hitching, hatching, bitching, moaning, groaning, honing, boning, horse-shitting, hair-splitting, nitpicking, piss-tricking, nose-sticking, ass-gouging, eyeball-poking, figure-pointing, alleyway-sneaking, long-waiting, small-stepping, evil-eyeing, back-scratching, Searching, perching, besmirching, grinding, grinding, grinding away from yourself. Stop it! And just do it! From your description and from what I know of your previous work and your ability, the work you are doing sounds very good. Drawing clean, clear, but crazy like machines, larger and bolder, real nonsense. That sounds fine. Wonderful. Real nonsense. Du Bois! More nonsensical, more crazy, more machines, more breasts, penises, cunts, whatever. Make them about with nonsense. Try and tickle something inside you. Your weird humor. You belong in the most secret part of you. Don't worry about cool. Make your own uncool. Make your own. Make your world. If you fear, make it work for you. Draw and paint your fear and anxiety. And stop worrying about big, deep things such as to decide a purpose and way of life, a constant approach to ever some impossible end or ever imagined end. You must practice being stupid, dumb, unthinking, empty. Then you will be able to do. I have much confidence in you, and even though you are tormenting yourself, the work you do is still very good. Try and do some bad work. The worst you can think of, and see what happens, but mainly relax and let everything go to hell. You are not responsible for the world. You are only responsible for your work. So do it. And don't think about your work has to conform to some preconceived form, idea, or flavor. It can be anything you want it to be. But if life would be easier for you if you stopped working, then stop. Don't punish yourself. However... I think that is what's so deeply ingrained in you that it would be easier to do. It seems I do not understand your attitude somewhat anyway, because I go through a similar process every so often. I have an agonizing reappraisal of my work and change everything as much as possible, and hate everything I've done and try to do something entirely different and better. Maybe that kind of process is necessary to me, pushing me on and on, the feeling that I can do better. That shit that I just did. <sighs> Maybe you need your agony 
to accomplish what you did, and maybe it goads you on to do better, but if it's very painful, I know. It would be better if you had the confidence just to do the stuff and not even think about it. Can you leave the world and art alone and also quite fondling and also quit fondling your ego? I know that you or anyone can only work so much and the rest of the time you are left with your thoughts. But when you work, or before you work, you have to empty your mind. Concentrate on what you're doing. After you do it, is some is done, and that's that. After a while, you can see are better than others, but also you can see what direction you are going. I'm sure you will know all that. You also must know that you don't have to justify your work, not even to yourself. Well, you know that I admire your work greatly and can understand why you are so bothered by it. But you can see the next ones, and I can't. You also must believe in your ability. I think you do. So, try the most outrageous things you can. Shock yourself. You have the power and the ability to do anything. I would like to see your work and will have to be content to wait until August or September. I have seen photos of some of Tom's new things at Lucy's. They are impressive, especially the ones with the more rigorous form, the simpler ones. I guess I'll send some more later on. Let me know if the shows are going and that kind of stuff. My work has changed since you left, and it is much better. I will be having a show May 4th through 9th at Daniel's Gallery. I wish you could be there. Much love to you both. Saul. Letter from Saul LeWitt to Eva Hess. You're all going to have to remember Saul's voice in your head, aren't you? And you're feeling down. Remember Saul believing in Eva. Put a little Saul on it. I was going to try and make a pun. There's so many Saul, like, like solvents, and like there's like so many Saul, but I couldn't solve it with Saul. That sucks. <laughs> da, 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 da. Uh, I was always, I, I promised myself as a kid, I'm never going to be on the show, but I promised myself as a kid, if I'm ever on The Price is Right and I ever make it to the wheel, I'm going to give it a fuck-all spin. I, what are they going to do? Not run the episode? Fine. I get to tell the story. I'm going to give it a fuck-all spin. I'm going to spin that fucking wheel like it's never been spun before. I'm going to fucking literally jump. If they don't anticipate it, I will take a running start. I will grab it with both legs and both fucking arms. I will yell Kamehameha. You don't understand. As a kid, I promised myself, and as an adult, I will 1,000 fucking percent do it. <laughs> For Bob Barker! Ah! Crap. Pound my ass against the floor as I drag it down. <laughs> okay. One last love letter. And then I think we have some bad fucking smut, and then we'll call it a day. <clears throat> Dear Dave, 
This is a memory of an anniversary, the anniversary of October 27th, 1943. When I first heard you singing in North Africa, that song brings memories of the happiest times I've ever known. Memories of a GI troop, curtains made from a barrage of balloon spotlights and from cocoa cans, rehearsals that ran late into the evening, and a handsome boy with a wonderful tenor voice. Opening night at the theater at Can Estelle. Perhaps a little too much muscatel and someone who understood. Exciting days playing in the beautiful and stately municipal opera house in Oran. I don't know any of these fucking names. A misunderstanding, an understanding in the wings just before the opening chorus. Drinks at... Okay, now you guys are just fucking with me with the fucking foreign language that you're throwing at me in one goddamn night. (laughs) COVID must actually be over in your fucking world if you're throwing this much at me. Drinks at Coq d'Or, dinner at Abergine, a ring of promises given. The first show armored Muscatel Scotch wine. Someone who had to be carried from the truck and put into bed in his tent. A night of pouring rain and two very soaked GIs beneath a solitary tree on an African plain. A borrowed French convertible, a warm sulfur spring, the cool Mediterranean... This is starting to sound like a real fucking good date. And a picnic of rations and hot cokes. Two lieutenants who were smart enough to know the score, but not smart enough to realize that we wanted to be alone. A screwball piano player, a competition, miserable days and lonely nights, the cold, windy night that crawled through the window of a G.I. theater and fell asleep on a cot backstage, locked in each other's arms, the shock when we woke, realizing that miraculously we hadn't been discovered, the fast drive to a cliff above the sea, pictures taken, and a stop amid the purple grapes and cool leaves of a vineyard, that happiness we told we were going home, the misery we learned that we would not be going together. Fond goodbyes on a secluded beach beneath the star-studded velvet of an African night, the tears that would not be stopped as I stood atop the seawall and watched your convoy disappear over the horizon. We vowed we'd be together again back home, but fate we knew better. You never got there. And so, Dave, I hope that wherever you are, these memories are as precious to you as they are to me. Good night. Sleep well, my love. Love letter from Brian Keith to Dave, and holy shit, I got a little misty there. That was really sad. That was really beautiful. You can just you can just picture it, especially all the fucking muscatel. All right, see that's me making a joke to process. I promise it's not just about women. <laughs> you can see the moon, man. I was actually scared. I was like, you didn't sleep together in the same fucking army cot. You did? Ah, oh, shit. I took the ride with him, man. I would absolutely watch that fucking movie. I took the ride with him right there in the letter. You fucking make that a movie with the guy fucking getting in the cot. I'm like, nah, don't do it. Don't do it, dog. Don't go. Oh, shit. You're getting in his arms. (laughs) Oh, I hope I hit the record button. I did. (laughs) Uh, How many years am I going to do this before I wonder if I'm not making a fucking rookie mistake? I guess at least one more. (sighs) Okay. That felt like Matt Berry and IT crowd. Season 2, Episode 1. What's this? A gun! 
I wonder if it's loaded. Click, click, click. Nope. One of my favorite fucking characters of all time. <laughs> you just got to live your life. <sighs> With a clash of steel, Roderick's sword shattered the skeleton guard's rusted blade. Oh, we're... We're going to go. We're going to... We're going to go places. The undead looked at the hilt with something like bewilderment. Seconds before Roderick's backstroke sent its skull flying. <laughs> oh no! Someone's about to have sex because how cool they are! Oh, shit. <clears throat> Come on, you bony bastards! Hold on. <clears throat> Come on, you bony bastards! The knight roared. Come at me! You will not stop me from reaching my lady love! Had the rest of the undead populating the corridor been able to feel fear, they probably would have when facing the knight. His armor was in tatters from the trials he'd faced breaking into the lonely keep. Bearing a broad chest through rents in his shirt and pants. Rents, R-E-N-T-S. His hair was matted with sweat and his eyes grim with purpose for his beloved princess had been stolen, kidnapped by a succubus in the dead of night. And he would see her again, no matter the odds. But they had no fear. They surged towards him again, silent but for the rattle of bones against steel and stone. Roderick bellowed and hacked into them every swing and sword, shattering bones, snapping spines, or sundering skulls. Again, such righteous wrath, they were nothing. And then it was done. Roderick lowered his sword and realized he alone stood in the hall, the skeletal hoard that lay in pieces ahead, down the musty passage. A door waited, flanked by two torches, burning a crimson flame. At last, at long last... His heart soared as he hurried towards the waiting door, his senses straining for a hint of another trap, but no ghoul leapt out. No pit opened before him as he opened the door and revealed the hidden chamber beyond. <laughs> I, I imagine hidden just means because it was behind a door, but it's just like, it's kind of funny to imagine. Like, what's, ooh, that hidden chamber is like, do you, do you mean the bedroom? I mean, there's, there's a doorknob. <laughs> I wasn't hiding anything. Stand back, fiend! <clears throat> okay. Lanterns burned with tinted flames, illuminating the large room of hard stone pillars. Not the only thing, if you know what I'm saying. And the altar at the back. The stone slab rose out of the floor and grave with strange markings that could have been script. Or perhaps leering faces. Engraved with strange markings that could have been script or perhaps strange faces? Figure it out, asshole. Darkness hung heavy as the black curtains, but all of the registering only dimly to Roderick, who was comparing to the lovely woman resting on the altar. She was utterly naked, and her body was as smooth and fair as if carved of ivory by some master sculptor. Her breasts were full and her lips soft, pouty and red. Her eyes were closed and her lovely face calm, framed by her golden hair. 
<laughs> this isn't the succubus, Roderick. I don't even know what you after, boy. Roderick's heart throbbed with love, but he approached with care. The succubus was known to hide her traps well, and he had no wish to spring one when he was so close to his beloved. He reached the steps of the dais without incident and couldn't hold himself back any longer. He surged up them, kneeling beside the lovely figure, gently lifting her by the shoulders. Katrina! Katrina, wake up! Her soft lashes fluttered open, and with sleepy eyes she looked up at him. She opened them all the way with a gasp. Roddy, she cried. He flushed at the nickname, but nodded. It's me, truly. Oh, Roddy, she cried, throwing her arms around him, hugging him tightly to her plump breasts. I was afraid you'd never come. Not all the hordes of hell could have kept me away, he said, returning her embrace. Gods, but she was soft. Her hair was scented with lavender and filled his head with tingling. <laughs> you fill my head with tingling. That sounds like a like what a cartoon like adolescent boy says when he's got hearts over his head, because because the cartoon girl that he's into but shouldn't give him the time of day just did. Yes, you you fill my head with tingling. Oh, Roddy, I knew you would. I was so frightened of being left alone, especially after the succubus. After she... Roderick pulled Katrina back, looking down with concern. What? What happened? What did she do to you? I... I'm not sure, Roddy. I... I think she did something... with my breasts. Roderick's eyes were pulled magnetically to her magnificent busts, as if she cupped her firm orbs, the nipples hardened nubs of pink. Roderick swallowed thickly. I... What did she do? I... I'm not sure, Roddy. But she told me that she would curse them. Finally, a mimic and an RPG I would 1,000% fucking fall for. sentences you expect to read after that setup. She cursed my tits. I just never. I just never. Jesus Christ. Okay. I'm getting, I'm getting it back together. Alright. <clears throat> I'm not sure, Roddy. But she told me she would curse them. I haven't been able to discover what she's done, but maybe you could help me. You were always better at these things than I. 
<laughs> okay, here's the thing. If this was well written, I would know she was the succubus there, but this is shittily written. So I have actually no clue. That may not be any evidence whatsoever. The signal noise ratio is still really high. So that's not evidence of anything. Don't, don't, don't. Sorry, X Files fans, put that away. Okay. <laughs> here it goes. Oh, here it is, baby. I think we now know. I. That's true, Roderick said. I've come against many forms of sorcery. He's mansplaining magic. Then watch. See how when I bounce them, they seem so full? So heavy? Roderick wasn't exactly adverse to watching them bounce. Bounce and sway. Those firmful orbs of femininity were so beautiful in her arms. Yes, but... Shh. Just watch them, Roddy. Just watch them bounce. Bounce and sway. Bounce and sway. I need you to do it for me. Can you do it for me, Roddy? Nothing at all. Like nothing at all. Roderick shifted, but she had assaulted a castle filled with the undead of horrors aplenty to rescue her. What was watching her breasts for a moment? And he did love them. <laughs> loved how they bounced in her arms, gods, but he loved those breasts. They're so big, aren't they? Katrina murmured. Yes! So heavy. Yes! Heavy like your thoughts? I. It's so hard to think watching my breasts bounce. Isn't it, Roddy? Roderick brinked. His head did feel a bit heady, a bit woolly. Yes, heavy, but I... You mustn't look away, Rodri, darling. Sweeney, I need you to watch them bounce, watch them sway. Watch and admire how big and soft and lovely they are. My wonderful breasts, my big, sweet, soft breasts. Soft as your thoughts, soft as your mind. Roderick realized he was nodding in time to them bouncing. <laughs> Something that was odd, wasn't it? He felt like it was, but also that it was right? So very right, he blinked again, his eyelids heavy, drooping. I... Hush, Roddy, my handsome hero, my sleepy hero. You mustn't talk while I'm bouncing my breasts. I need to watch them to see what the demoness did to me. Yes, yes, must watch breasts. Oh, darling, you're doing wonderfully. My good boy, my sweet obedient Roddy. You love obeying me, don't you? Yes, love. How long are they gonna fucking... Guy, we got the fucking... Come on, man, how many iterations do we fucking need? Jesus Christ, it's like I'm actually watching this shit in real time. I know, darling, but you were so silly sometimes before, always going out and practicing your swordsmanship, hanging out with other knights, leaving me all alone without anyone to play with, with my big brass, my big, soft, bouncy brass. I would get so lonely wishing you would come home, my handsome, brainless, ditzy knight. <laughs> so strong, but so dumb. You know, you gotta love a, you gotta love a lady that knows what she's into and she wants a himbo. Roderick's brows knit a little. A spark of pride flickered his chest. Not, not dumb. That's literal. 
A spark of pride, one more time, a spark of pride flickered in his chest. Not, not dumb, he murmured. She smiled, touching his cheek. Of course you are, darling, but that's okay. I love my big, dumb, sweet knight. Don't you love being one for me? <laughs> my bimbo champion? My sweet boo? Roderick hesitated. He did like that. He loved Katrina. He was getting confused. Confused. And horny. So horny. Fuck. He could feel his cock strain against the tattered remains of what he called pants. And darling, Katrina cooed, easing his head down. A gentle tug took, was all it took, for he was feeling so weak, so pliable, so easy to let her gentle hand glide to his face to the valley of her bouncing breast, pressing him into her so that he might inhale deep and sweet, mind-numbing lavender scent that coiled around her. Darling, sweetie, honey, drippy bimbo of mine, you want to be dumb for me. You want to be my brainless champion, my sweet, obedient boy who obeys my big breasts. Do you know why? Mmm, he moaned into her cleavage. Because I think I figured it out. I know what the succubus did. I think she cursed my big, lovely brain-draining breasts. <laughs> oh, shit! Here we go. Here it comes. I think she cursed them to milk all the silly thoughts out of a bimbo's cock. Because silly, handsome, obedient bimbos can't think with their cocks. So if my big breasts milk their cocks, they'll come their silly brains out. That made sense. Everything Katrina said made sense. So much sense. She was so smart, especially compared to him. Compared to a big, wool-headed bimbo like him, he nodded eagerly along with her. Would you like that, darling? Would you like me to milk all those big, silly brains out with my big, mind-melting tits? Ugh, Roderick moaned. Katrina giggled. Her eyes flashed with delight. Good boy. She cooed, gliding down him, her breast dragging down his chest. His eyes followed them until she was kneeling before him before... I swear to God, he's still going to try and do the reveal after all. This is the crazy thing. He's still pretending like there's going to be a fucking reveal at the end of this. That's what I, That's what's pushing me to the end. That he's going to fucking be all like, and there's a twist. Do you guys know what it is? <laughs> that's what's keeping me going. we got to push through. I don't know how much more of this there is. This is painful. We're going to get to the fucking end of this fucking himbo succubus story so that we can get to him being all like, gotcha. Ooh, he moaned, sagging back in the altar, all his strength drained from at the first stroke of those ample, perfect tits. Do you like this? Do you love it when your mistress milks your cock with her big breasts? Yes, Roderick moaned, too lost in pleasure to conceive of another answer, his head spinning, his cock throbbing, his body begging to let him go, to release, to let her breasts, his mind away, to let her milk his mind away with her wonderful breasts. Of course you do, because silly bimbos are so weak to big breasts, they just can't resist them. They have to obey them, you have to love them, have to let them bounce and milk and tease away with all their silly thoughts. Yes, Roderick moaned in desperate agreement. Yes, love, love your breasts, love you, love, love so much. 
Mistress. Mm. Then come for me, Pat. Come for me, Roddy. Give me all those silly thoughts. Give me all your beans. Be my handsome tit slave, your wonderful boy toy. Come, come, come. 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 Mmm. Roderick moaned, his hips working, plunging his cock between her breasts, a great cry tearing free of him as he obeyed, as he came, as his let his mind be milked out with every pulse of his seed onto his mistress' wonderful breasts. Mistress's glory, mind-melting tits. <clears throat> In its place flowed blessed emptiness, blessed obedience, blessed mindless bliss scented with tender lavender submission. His head swam, the room spun. He fell back to lie atop the altar, breathing hard, staring dimly at the ceiling. Then Mistress was over him, smiling down at him, as she straddled his waist, looking through the valley of her glorious tits as she rubbed her pussy against his tender cock. Did you enjoy that, Roddy? Yes. Yes, mistress, he moaned dimly. Are you my silly bimbo hero? He nodded eagerly. Yes. Yes. I'm a good boy. Good bimbo. Good bimbo for mistress. She giggled in delight, rubbing her slit insistently against his cock, her arousal coating his shaft as he stiffened anew under her. Mm, that's what I love to hear. Oh, Roddy, we're going to be so happy together. Just me and you and my big, bouncy, mind-melting tits, too. The pleasure with Mistress sheathed him within her was almost lost. For as she wrote him moaning, her hands pressed down his chest, and her hips plunged up and down upon his cock. Roderick could not pull his eyes from her breasts, staring in rapt bliss as they bounced, bounced, bounced his silly mind away once more. There's no twist? Wow. Okay, then. Heroic Exertions by J. Ori Smut. Oh, Literotica has a new page, huh? Wow. Literotica has a COVID-19 section? Oh, it just takes you straight to Google's health page. Okay, that's cool. Never mind. I was, I was really curious. I was super curious. Erotica didn't update their, their page for 20 years, so they did, and then they put a COVID thing. I'm like, I'm super curious where that leads. Okay, it leads to a great health resource, all jokes aside. Most most uh, most uh, most news sites could actually fucking learn something. Okay, that was the show. I know that I talked a lot and slowly and from the heart uh, at the beginning of it about a lot of serious stuff, but I really am in a good place, even though the apocalypse is fucking happening. Uh, I do my sit-ups, and I eat my oatmeal, and I'm just trying to be a good boy all day, every day. Hope you're trying to be a good person in your life and, and live your day-to-day -day as best as you can. Uh, from the bottom of my heart, if you're feeling anxious, scared, alone, or like you're not making it, or like you hear about me trying to you know, get in better shape and, and plan for a future and all the rest of those things, don't feel bad. Day by day, take it at a time. I am...
I'm sorry if what I say about COVID pisses you off or scares you if you think I'm a doomsayer, but Daddy's just been on this roller coaster too many times before to say, guess what? It's about to go up again uh, when he sees it. And if he's wrong, like I said, he owes him a beer. Thank you to everybody who requested something. All of the kind words, all of the support. Tell your friends. Get it going. Come on, man. Let's make live shows a big thing again. Event by event, week by week, I'm going to be here until you come back open arms and open other parts of your body too uh i'm here to prove it in it to win it uh from me from ali from uh aria and serena and all the ladies of the night thank you so much for being a fan for being a supporter for however you're part of this project you're wonderful i couldn't do it without you and i know i'm very very lucky to live this life okay Thank you again, and I will see you very, 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 very soon on the other side. Thank you. Have a wonderful rest of your week ahead of you.